Greetings. Thank you for joining us for a Wednesday night service at Kingdom Life Community Church. During this COVID-19 pandemic, our services are recorded live on Facebook at 10 a.m. on Sundays and 6.30 p.m. on Wednesdays. Join us there at facebook.com forward slash kingdomlife.global. Now here's a message from Pastor Ben Johnson. Greetings. Greetings, family. KLCC, so glad to be with you this this evening, if you, see, if you hear me, say hey. So if you hear me, uh, you can respond to hey in the comments. So, um, man, I am ecstatic. I am joyful. I am filled with so much glee to be able to share with you uh, today. Um, and um, also, I just wanted to say happy April Fool's Day to you all out there. And, and I'm curious if any of you either got tricked or maybe played a trick. And I, I'd be curious if you could share uh, maybe what that was uh, with the rest of us. You can share it in the comments. And, uh, and uh, maybe that would maybe inspire the rest of us to make use of the rest of the day uh, to maybe play some tricks or, or have a better eye for uh, guarding against some tricks. But um, so I, uh, I just want to pray before we go any further. Father, I, uh, I thank you for this opportunity. And I pray uh, that you would speak through me, Father, not not the, the words of 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 just someone with kind of a spastic personality, Father, but someone uh, who is able to convey the heart of your hope and your peace and your truth to to the to your body, Father, and to your your kingdom and and beyond. And and I pray that there, there are people that would stumble across this video that would be able to be pierced. Their hearts will be pierced by your truth, Father. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, I want to share with you today uh, something that God's been brewing and been laying on my heart. It's been something that's been simmering inside of me. Um, and, and, uh, and I think there's value to it. Value not just for today, not just for this season of of some interesting circumstances that we're all living in. But honestly, it's something that goes beyond this season. And, and, and if, we, if we choose just to focus in the moment, it's more of a reactive message. And I don't want this to be a reactive message. I want this to be a proactive looking to beyond this moment. Because truly, if we understand how God sees these circumstances, He sees them as an opportunity. He sees them as a, as a situation that can prepare His flock and His kingdom to move forward, to grow, to flourish with the correct perspective, when we have the correct perspective. So we should be having an anticipation that this is preparing us for what is next beyond this current season, because this isn't going to last forever. So I want to share a few images with you today. Uh, the first image, we're going to do the, the, duck, the duck image there. Um, so... Images are going to pop up on your screen, and I would love for you to comment. I'd love for you to comment on what you see. What you see. There's, there's, there's potentially two different options, a duck or a rabbit. It already says it right there. And so I'd like you to comment on there, and it'll be interesting to see what we have as far as a poll um, and all of that. So take, take a moment, ponder it, and uh, different the families, you can chime in for 
your kids as well, so it's, it, it can be a, a, a democratic thing, not just the person holding the phone or controlling the tablet or controlling the TV or whatever it is, however you're watching us today. So we're going to take a moment and look at that. All right, now we've got another photo. Another photo, and this might be a bit of a classic. Some of you have probably seen this before. And there's, there's, two, there's two different things here. Again, comment below. Comment in the video. I'd like to hear what, you, what, what you, you'd say. Take a moment and do that, please. All right. So the reality is that there's, there's two perspectives to these two photos. The first photo that we shared, the two, it, it already it gave you the answers, right? It was either a duck or a rabbit. And so the reality is that probably about half of you out there saw a duck right off the bat. And then you had to kind of try to squint to see the rabbit. And then for the other half of you, it was the reverse. Now, for the second photo, there's two images there. Well, it's, it's one image, but there's two perspectives of the same image. The first, uh, potentially, for half of you, uh, maybe you saw the young lady, and she's kind of looking over her shoulder, um, and she kind of has this, like, I don't know, like a fur or something. I don't know what it is, draped over her shoulder. Um, and then, uh, or, or maybe you saw an older lady, and she's looking down, and her, she has her chin, and her eyes are kind of covered. She maybe has, like, this type of a hat or something. Uh, so maybe you've seen those before, and, and it's just something kind of fun, but it's to prove the point that perspective matters. And it's not to say that everybody has the same perspective, and we shouldn't assume that. And I don't assume that you share all the same perspectives that I have, and, but ultimately we should be trying to find the perspective that matters, and that's God, God's perspective. And I think, I, and I pray, I hope that you would agree with that statement. All right. Perspective matters. It matters for lots of reasons. It matters for how we view our lives, how we view our callings, how we view our identity, how we view creation. Right? You know, a, a few years ago, we had, we had a speaker. Um, his name was Jan Nell. He came several different times. He shared this phrase that has really stuck with me. And it's, what you perceive will affect what you believe. And what you believe will affect what you receive. And what you receive will affect what you achieve. Perspective matters. It all starts with you, what you are seeing. What you, what's your perspective of your situation? What God is doing? All right. So tonight we're going to start this conversation on perspective. We're not going to finish it tonight. In fact, we're going to carry it over the next several Wednesdays, and I'm not sure how far we're going to go. But right now, right now, friends, I don't know if you have been locked in a closet for the past month. Right now, we've got a bit of a predicament going on in the world around us. Um, I know this is, you know, alert the media. Um, Right now, we are surrounded in a world filled with chaos, hopelessness, and fear. Chaos, hopelessness, and fear. Would you agree with that? Would you agree? Now, my, my, my question to follow that up is, what's, what's new? What's changed? Now, I, 
I'm not, I don't want to be dismissive. I'm not being dismissive at all about the, our current circumstances. I'm just, I'm just saying that ever since, ever since sin has entered the world, chaos, hopelessness, fear, and death have been given permission by mankind to wreak havoc. So th- these, these realities are not new to us. These, these emotions are not new to us. This, this world has always been filled with this ever since sin entered Entered the world. All right, now, all right, just relax for a second, because here you were maybe expecting to, to to hear hope in this message, and don't just relax; it's coming. I'm just I'm just trying to make a bit of a point here. We're gonna we're gonna get to the hope in the message. There is hope in the message. The hope is always present, always here. It never changes. The hope is always truth, all right? We're going to get there. But I'm just needing to make a point here first. Again, I'm not speaking just to the current situation. I'm talking to the bigger context of of our lives here, right? So what really has changed since COVID-19? What's really caused this friction? Because chaos has always been here. Fear and hopelessness has always been a pres- prevalent reality around us. Now, I, I'm not an expert. I don't, and, and I'm not trying. I don't, I'm not trying to pick a fight with anyone and debate anyone on this. I'm just. This is my perspective that that I feel like the point of friction has has been the systematic stripping away of many of our coping mechanisms, our routines. Our social outlets, our vices. For some of you, it's been maybe going without toilet paper. While others of you, it's been maybe going without pay, going without work. In some way, COVID-19 has affected all of us, and it's stripped away much of a false sense of security. Now hear me, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying any of those things uh, that I listed off from, 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 from jobs or, or social outlets or, or even toilet paper. Praise God for toilet paper, all right? I, I'm, not, I'm not diminishing those things at all here. I, I'm, I'm just saying that sometimes we can skew what God can give us as a, as a, as a benefit, as a, as a blessing, and we can skew it in ways that it maybe it, it, it turns it into something else. It can kind of pervert it in a way. And, and, and that's just what I'm saying here. Is that I feel like this point of friction has been just been the stripping away of so much of what we like to be able to think we control. And now we're not. We were living in this false idea, this false reality almost, that we could control so much of our lives. And, and now I saw on the news that... Uh, um, you know, there was a, a group of people, a smaller group of people trying to do an engagement party. And um, it was in another state, and the police showed up, and they arrested, or they, uh, they charged people uh, with child endangerment because they, had, they were doing a party. You know, the, I mean, what a, what a strange reality we're living in. All right. 
So what, what are we left with when everything has been stripped away? When so many things, not everything, when so many things have been stripped away, because thank God we still have family, thanks God we still have electricity, thank God we have so much, and we need to, be, we need to focus more, honestly, family, we need to focus more on what we have and less on what we don't have. All right? Stop, we need to stop putting too much emphasis on the, 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 the lack and still be thankful for what we have. So what are we left when, when several of these things have been stripped away? You know, many of us, many of us might be feeling maybe that we're exposed. Maybe we're, we're, we're feeling a little more vulnerable. Maybe we're feeling a little more insecure. We maybe have different kinds of emotions that are flooding in on us that we normally are able to kind of keep at bay. We're able to maybe self-medicate because we're able to just keep going, going, going. Our busyness allows us to, to keep this, the emotions of the, the past, potentially, that we don't have to deal with them. So here we are. With a lot more time on our hands. We're not able to do the things that maybe we like to do that maybe we like to do because maybe in part we think it defines us or it makes us more of who we are and and those things have been stripped away and now we're feeling more exposed, more vulnerable. And and I do want to say that it it is important for us to acknowledge, express, and feel these emotions to the extent that it is healthy and as long as it does not control us. I, I talk to my kids regularly about their emotions and, and trying to help them verbalize it in a way. And I tell them that we need to think about them and we need to talk about it, but we can't let it control us. All right? Don't feel that you have to mask or put on a front. Now, I also need to say, and we're going to be getting to Second Corinthians. If those of you who have your Bibles, we're going to be getting to Second Corinthians uh, chapter 3 really soon here. In just a second, so but you can turn there. Don't confuse your emotions with a falsely placed sense of protection of an idol. And this is the, the what this is maybe what I kind of mean by that. Um, no, now we have lots of valid emotions going on, but much like. A, a kid, um, many kids have like a lovey or something, a, a blankie. In my household, there's moments where you left a place um, in Honduras. We were driving back in the middle of the night on a highway. Try, we had a, a, a loaded vehicle with my, my in-laws with me. And, and uh, it was raining like cats and dogs. And it's just a bad situation. And we'd stopped at a gas station to get a drink and some food, and we were 30 minutes down the road, and we forgot BB. We had to go back. There was no debate over it. We had to go back. There's this attachment that gets formed to this inanimate object. You understand what I'm saying? There's this, in, in some degree, in some degree, potentially an unhealthy attachment 
an unhealthy attachment that can be placed on this. Now, I'm not diminishing the value it has for children today, but you have adults that essentially are walking around with Fafis and Bibis and Lovies. They just call it by another name. And I have them too. I don't want to talk about it right now, okay? But when, when someone starts to, to challenge that, we pull back and we, we take on emotions, assuming that there are our own emotions, but really it's almost like the, the, this defense of the Fafi or the Bibi. It's a defense of the idol. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying, family? I hope you check in with what I'm saying. That at times things that have a value, take, they take a position that they're not meant to have. That's what I'm saying. As Americans, our idol of independency and self-sufficiency is one of the hardest things that we deal with as a culture at large. Now, my first, my, my main point tonight is, is Christ's sufficiency, not self-sufficiency. Christ's sufficiency, not self-sufficiency. So we're going to turn to current, 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 5. Uh, I felt like God kind of directed me here, and we're going to be camping out in Corinthians for the next several weeks, and we're going to be pulling in different passages, and we're not going to go verse by verse necessarily, but we're going to be pulling a lot of the ideas. It's a big picture thing, and I, I really want to talk about it a lot and unpack it a little bit. And, and one of the things that we do need to, I, I, just to understand is Paul is do, doing a comparison between the, the, the two covenants, the old and new covenants. Just a little bit of context there. So here I'm going to read uh, verses 4 and 5 in chapter 3. Such confidence as this in, is ours through Christ before God. Verse 5. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Now, in the, in the King James, it said it a little bit differently. Um, and I, I kind of wish I had that up here with me right now, but that's okay. That there, there's this uh, dependency that we have. That we're, our, our, our confidence, our, our, our dependency on God, our confidence comes from God and through God alone. And it's not, it's not a confidence. It's not, a, it's not anything that's, that should be taken from, from a place of our own abilities, our own strengths. It's not, a, it's not a statement of our own sufficiency. It's something that should draw us to God and God alone. It's, it's his, his sufficiency. He is sufficient for, for his, he is sufficient for all we need. All right. When, when we were uh, in Honduras, um, it was it was we were there for a little under two years in total, just a little under. And um, you know, but honestly, things started to un- start to unravel. It probably not. It wasn't even that long into it that things started to unravel. And 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 really, at the year mark, things things were a real struggle. A significant struggle, and there are lots of things that are playing into that. So here, here I was, so desperate, 
so desperate trying to, to work hard to keep my little self-made little sandcastle of my calling, of my identity, of, of, you know, of my missionary life from being swept away by the, the, the undeniable tide of the need for transition and healing. And I, I would... Kept, I kept trying different things. I, I put more energy into it. I tried pouring more money into it, more, more emotions into it. And there was, there was, honestly, it was this sense of frustration because there was, the more energy I put into it, there was the more s- sense of just desperation in it. The, 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 the total lack of hope in it. And it was just like the, 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 the tides when you've ever, if you've ever played on the, on the beach and, and maybe you build a sandcastle and you want it close enough so you can get the water to fill your moats, right? But then the tide comes in, right? And then and it's, it starts to weaken the walls of your castle. And so maybe you, you try to build up some, some, uh, some dikes. You try to build up some walls, some dams, something to keep the water up, but it doesn't really matter. Eventually, the castle comes crashing down. So when I was stripped, when, it, when, when that, that, that castle, you know, that idea was stripped away, I was initially... angry. I was angry at God. I was, you know, I had unhealthy emotions even towards my wife. You know, I had these, this sense of failure. I had this sense of, of shame in some ways. You know, of, of, you know, I had put all this energy, I had put all, all this resources, casting vision, and all, all this desire to, to help people, and, and it was seemingly all for, for, for not. And it was just seemingly stripped away from me. And from our family. And how did I respond to that? You know, honestly, I responded to that initially. I didn't, I didn't like going to bed at night because then I, my mind would just keep running. And so I would uh, spend hours just watching TV. We were in the city at this point in the last, the last uh, months of our time there. And watching TV or just spending time on the Internet. Because I, I, I hated the reality of being alone with my thoughts. And it was not until I gave myself the time and the space to let God restore me and, 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 and then I, I stopped trying to be in control of my life and I let God be God. It was only then did I find hope and, and peace. And, and, I, and I feel like today, all across the U.S., People have a lot of castles on the beach that are being bombarded and they're getting swept away. And, and, and some of them are fighting desperately to keep them constructed and, and to keep them built up because there's something about their identity that they have wrapped up in these little sand castles. But God is saying that it's time for change and it's time to allow the tide to sweep it away because he doesn't want your identity wrapped up in a sandcastle. He doesn't want your purpose wrapped up in a sandcastle. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to be consumed 
with thinking that if I let this go, then what defines me? And we were looking at this, these tides, these waves, and the circumstances of life right now, and we're cursing it. We're despising it. We're seeing it as, as a plague on, on our life right now, when really God's like, no, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. It is grace that is coming upon you right now. And it's up to us to change our perspective a little bit. To change our perspective. Is God wanting to strip something away that you're desperately trying to hold on to? What are you trying to escape into this season? Even within your households, even in your maybe workspaces for some of you that are working at home or, or for some of you that are trying to work at home while your kid's in some part of the room. Like, I mean, we, we still have a building. We still have internet. We still have TV, which is, can be a great blessing. Praise God. All right. But we've been given, for, for, for many of us, it has the potential to be a huge blessing. And Pastor Steve has been talking about that in the past, the past messages. It has the potential to be a great blessing. But we're like, no. No, I, I don't want to sit down. No, I don't want to take time to think. I don't want to be alone with my thoughts. And it may not even be about a present reality. It might be something you're running away from in the past. family, we need to, you need to let your guard down. You need to stop trying to avoid God's eye contact. His gaze is upon you. It says this in Psalms 32.8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. I will watch over you. family, I feel like it's almost like God is sitting in the room and it's like the elephant in the room we don't want to acknowledge. And he's just, he's staring at us, wanting to make eye contact with us. And like, no, I don't got time. No, I need to find, I need to find something. I need to do something. I've got a honey-do list. I've got some deep cleaning. I've got some spring cleaning. I've got some, some cleaning. God, just give me something. I don't want to talk to you right now. He's like, where are you going to go? You late for dinners? Dinner uh, reservation somewhere, huh? Where where are you gonna where are you gonna go? Are you gonna go catch a matinee? Where where are you gonna go? School? Oh you, oh oh I get it. You got to run off to school. Oh okay sure I get it. Where are you gonna go? God's God's there. He's watching. He's, his eyes are upon you. He's waiting to make eye contact with you. He's so desperate, so eager, so passionate about wanting to spend time with you, allowing you to deal with these things that maybe you're not wanting to deal with.
And maybe this message isn't for you, but maybe it's for somebody in your household. Maybe you need to help them have the space and the time to have that eye contact with Jesus. You need to change your perspective from seeing the tide as coming as destruction and said seed as mercy and grace. <clears throat> All right, and, and kind of wrapping, trying to head towards the conclusion of, of my talk, um, 2 Corinthians three fourteen through 18. And um, initially I was going to maybe put this off for another week, but I think it, it, it ties in here. And again, this was talking about the old, old covenant, new covenant, okay? So starting in verse 14, <clears throat> but their minds were made dull for to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. <clears throat> it has not it has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is, when Moses' covenant, when the Old Covenant is read, talking about the Old Testament, a veil covers their heart. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Family. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians, but I feel like there's a lot we can pull out of this, and we don't have enough time to pull all that we can out of it. But there's a, a couple big ideas. One, there are people, even today, outside the church and inside the church, who they are looking at God through the lenses of an old covenant. And, and, and maybe it's not even framed exactly as the Old Covenant. Maybe, you're, maybe you got a different scenario. But maybe it's basically, it's a, it's, your veil may not be defined by sacrifices, but maybe your, your, veil, your veil is divine, defined by you being your own Savior. You being good enough. You being strong enough. You being able to do, hold it all together. And so you're looking at God through this veil. You're not being able to encounter his glory. You're not being able to encounter his intimacy because you're looking, you, you, you're not looking into Christ's eyes. And it says, when you look, when you turn toward Christ, the veil is removed. Paul's talking to the early church and, he, and, I, and I say this is for us today, that we need to turn towards Christ. We need to allow that veil to be removed today. And, and, and no, long, no matter how long you've been in the church, how, how, how long, how many years back maybe you were baptized or maybe you dedicated your life to the Lord. I, I don't know. There's, there's probably an, an, a, a crevice, a corner, an aspect of your heart that is still hidden behind a veil. And you're not seeing clearly enough to understand God's glory, God's intimacy. And, and God wants to reflect His glory through us. Like Moses like Moses, 
But actually, it talks about how it's even going to be greater than Moses because he was under the old covenant. And the new covenant is even greater and more glorious. Huh? Is that not exciting? And it says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Tonight, we're going to end on a song. And it's a song uh, by, by Matt Redman, and Steve's going to lead us in it, and it's talking about this idea of when all is stripped away, right? And wh- what is our worship? How do, we, how do we worship God? How do we, when, when, when so much is stripped away, how do we worship God? How do we remove that veil? And, I, and as this song plays, I encourage you, in however you can, in your space, in your social distancing, I would encourage you to, to not just have a, a physical space, but have like just a you and God space for a moment and, and, and worship and pray and ask God, what is that sandcastle? What is it that you're trying to keep together and keep under control? And ask God, what's that veil? What's that veil that your heart is still looking at God through and, and, and you're not able to see the fullness of his glory? Let's worship. When the music fades And all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have designed You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus King of endless worth No one could express How much you deserve Though I'm weak and poor All I have is yours Every single breath I'll bring you more than a song 
For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. And I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. All about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. All about you, Jesus. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. All about you, Jesus. Thanks for joining with us today. And if that message touched your heart in some way, please let us know by emailing us at info.kingdomlife at aol.com. You can also find us and reach out to us on Facebook. And we hope that you will join us again for another podcast from Kingdom Life Community Church.